0: And I was like, mind blown. oh right blown, into right, my screen. Right into my screen. Because <laughs> we're beside each other right now. That's how big the explosion was. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. So I can't believe we're finally here. We are actually recording episode one. Again. Again, right. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason Serena has just said again is that we actually, we've been, this has been in the works for a, a couple of years we've been talking about doing this podcast, I think. Yep. Um, and uh, people have been asking us to do a podcast for a long time. or asking initially me to do a podcast before Serena was involved in the business, and we actually recorded episode one for the first time uh, about four months ago. I think it was yep. when I was actually I wasn't even here in Key West. I was I was back in in the UK, and um, it was um, it and it was it was a great episode. Um, then life happened and things kind of got in the way and we ended up saying okay we're going to pause doing the recording until I get out here and then it didn't feel right to kind of use that as the first one we wanted to kind of get them all with the same kind of energy and setup and everything so uh, we decided (laughs) that we record not the two as in we were going to do this a second time and we were going to re-record the same uh, episode we are actually going to release the original pilot to our subscribers on patreon um so if you're not already on there go check it out um but i think that um this is going to be really fun to 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 do this again from where we are now because even just in the last four months things have changed quite significantly haven't they i'm, I'm every day things <laughs> seem to be
1: changing i mean you do have to check out the the original video you get a really really
0: in-depth tour of my bathroom it's beautiful it's so it, it's high glamour it so glamorous <laughs> so glamorous and there are things i mean i just know we're not going to include everything that we covered in that in this one so go, go check it out but i think let's let's kind of dive in and i think that maybe the thing that would be helpful to begin with is why are you listening to this podcast why listen to us what do we know about this stuff i think that's good place to start right i mean we're awesome so. well of course yeah but <laughs> um but why about needs so um maybe if i share a little bit about my journey so um i'm gonna share about my professional journey with the, the needs work um I'm, and we're gonna do some episodes in the future where where we're gonna kind of you're gonna get to know us a little bit more personally and i'll share more about my personal journey um but how i got here with respect to the the professional stuff is that i was i've been working as a coach and mentor trainer and consultant for about 11 years now i think it is um and when I first started, I started a business where I was coaching women on how to, um, how to do life in a way that felt kind of more authentic to them, and in a way that where they could find balance and that kind of thing. And then for a long time, I worked as a relationship specialist, so many many years, and I worked with uh, men, women, people who didn't identify as either singles, couples, people getting divorced, people getting married, literally all facets. And the thing that was really interesting for me was that every single person who came to me when I was a relationship specialist came to me with the exact same problem. And uh, Serena is smiling because she knows how people normally respond when I say that. (laughs) Um, And I can hear you at home like listening, uh, thinking, what, what? Uh, I mean, and because different relationship issues, right? Money, sex, infidelity, all the things, communication, conflict resolution. Um, But the reality is, is that all of those are kind of the symptoms. But the the core issue underneath every single one of those people who came to me was that um, my needs aren't being met in this relationship. Or more specifically, that the other person isn't meeting my needs. And I remember thinking at that time is that their job? Yes, there are there are needs that we need to we have to have a mutuality and a reciprocity in our relationships. We need to both be putting effort in and and, and receiving effort back out again. But when it comes to our base level needs as human beings, is that something our partner should really be doing? Mm. Probably not. So, um, what I started to do is, um, and this, this kind of story runs parallel with my personal story. As it turns out, when the needs were really kind of came through, it was for me personally, but I actually also started to look at needs from a professional standpoint at one point where I was like, actually, it'd be really helpful to teach my clients about needs and how to start to take care of these for themselves so that that doesn't end up negatively impacting their relationship. So, um, And I had um, done personal development for a long time. I'd come across lots of needs models, but none of them felt right. They all felt like they were missing something. So I started to work on my own content around this. And what was interesting was, um, when people started to hear about the needs tools that I created to work with my clients, they're like, wow, that feels really different. Like, I really think you need to be sharing this wider than just with your one-to-one clients. And I was like, to feel like that I'm just gonna use this as a little tool for my coaching business and um, then I had a a moment where I was in I was in Chicago and I was binge watching documentaries which anyone who knows me well will know that's not something that happens very often Um, binge watching I mean I enjoy a documentary but binge watching is tends to be for ridiculous tv shows that have no real cultural or educational value whatsoever (laughs) um and um i was watching and i went through this two-week period where i watched on everything like the government money food health um you name it and it was at a point in my life where i didn't used to swear that much now i now co-host a podcast which is called well shit it really is that simple <laughs> so obviously that's changed somewhat maybe but it, it's
1: your potty mouth co-host
0: it could be <laughs> it could well be that may have something to do with it um but I remember at the time I was watching with somebody and I remember slamming my hand down on the pause button going holy shit and they like jumped out of their skin and they're like what and i was like holy shit and they're like what what and I realized that in every one of those documentaries was a problem And at the root of every one of those problems was at least one unmet need, which meant that the needs work was in, at least in part, the solution to every single one of those problems. And I was like, mind blown Blown right right into my screen, screen, (laughs) because we're side by side each other right now. That's how big the explosion was. Um, And... um, I realized at that point that all these people who've been asking me to share this as more than just a tool I use with my clients were probably right. And it was maybe a bit bigger than I thought and maybe a little bit more important than I realized. Uh, And that was the point combined with my own personal journey where I actually started. I needed it first and foremost for me as a client. Um, And that's when I then started to sort of share this more more widely and that's kind of where i'm where i'm where i'm at why i'm here and how i got here so you want to share a little bit about how you ended up here yeah i started my journey um about
1: wow it the time warp of uh just time in general a couple of years ago claire and i became friends and that's how our relationship started About about four years ago now it was four years ago um we became friends, and I noticed as we got closer and closer, needs came up a lot. And anybody who knows Claire and speaks with Claire, needs do come up a lot. It's mm-hmm. about your needs. It's needs. It's needs. It's needs. And back then, I was like, "That's a lot of needs." Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. And now I find myself doing the exact same thing. Yeah. But I kept I kept finding myself leaning in. I'm like, "Oh, that makes sense." And she'd say something. I'm like, "Huh." okay. And the more it started to make sense, the more I started to do things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And I I, I thought that I got it. And at the beginning, there's a story that um, we talk about often, we'll probably share repeatedly. But it was a moment that will probably go down in infamy in our relationship when I was <laughs> sitting there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I get this.
0: I get it. I was like, I could probably even teach this. And I was like, yes absolutely you could there may be a few more things that you need to understand before that point because I knew that Serena kind of got it at a very superficial level she didn't really get what was really different about this yet and I knew she would get there and I knew that that was gonna need to happen before the the teaching part happened and look where we are right now right <laughs> Here we are. I was <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> so I
1: had this, I had this, I knew needs. I knew what needs were. I, you know, I grew up learning about Maslow and, you know, I I knew that needs were. Because you learned it in school, right? I did. I learned it yeah. in school. I learned it in elementary school. And then I learned it again in college. It came, mm. you know, almost full circle in my education, kind mm-hmm. of bookended it. And. Needs and in the development of the internet age and social media, like we see a lot of posts on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter about self-care, about needs. And so I thought I had the concept. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll get a massage. I treat myself, all of these things. And then all of a sudden it came to the point I was like, oh, the more I learned, I'm like, oh. oh. And it came to one moment where I looked at Claire and I'm like, I realize I don't get any of this, but I want to, and I want to get all of it. Mm -hmm. And that really started my journey into really embodying what the needs were, getting into the deep dive of the program, right. and that's where it That really was the transition started. where you
0: really kind of went deep with the universal needs, yes. rather than just these ideas needs. and concepts of needs that you'd had previously. I saw that happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was that deep dive that really got us to, literally, where we are
0: right now. Right, and, that, and it's funny, actually, because Initially, I said, people had talked to me about doing a podcast for a really long time. And um, and I kept saying, yeah, one day, yeah, we'll get to it. And people were like, yeah, we've got some great stories. It would be really fun. And like it would be good to hear them. And I was like, yeah, yeah, one day. And then when we were doing the deep dive, when Serena went through the universal needs work, um, at a very personal level where we took it th- took her through and helped her to understand, not just understanding what the needs were and how to meet your needs, but actually how they applied in her day-to-day life with the challenges and things that she was experiencing. What we realized, and especially uh, last year, because we did did this in in 2020. So we've also, in the context of a pandemic, in the context of all the Black Lives Matter um, movement and and what was happening on that side of things, there was a lot that we were using for, for, for that understanding to how to embody this and really live it rather than just understand it as a concept. But as we were talking, there were so many moments where the conversations we were having, I was like, this... Would be really helpful for somebody else to hear and so we would uh, as and as as we were having these conversations and as i'd be pointing out so we'd be like there's this going on and i'm like that's that this this and this need and she's like oh my goodness it is and i was like if you just do this this and this then then that will shift and she would have this experience I was like oh my goodness that was actually way easier than i thought it was going to be and that's actually how we ended up naming the podcast because as we were going through that deep dive there was one phrase which kept being, being said, said over, and I heard, I can't, I don't even know how many times I heard Serena say it through the course of those months that we were doing that deep dive, and that phrase was, well, shit, it really is that simple, and it was like, and, and it was, and it became this kind of in, uh, like, long, like, running joke that, um because it wasn't um something that. Oh, that was a saying that we that was funny between the two of us. It would literally just roll off her tongue. And then she'd be like, oh, I've said it again, haven't I? And I'm like, well, yeah. shit. Well, oh, shit. Well, <laughs> shit. Well <laughs> shit. And, and so when we were looking to name the podcast, I was like, I want something that could be like a little bit fun and maybe a bit edgy and gives it like a, communicates our personality. And that's when Serena said well, shit. (laughs) It (laughs) It really is is that that simple. simple. And as soon as she did, I was like, oh my God, yes, that's it. That's what we need to name it because that was really the one thread that kept coming up over and over and over again.
1: Well, if you haven't noticed, the name of this podcast is Move Over Maslow. There are new needs in town where Maslow and all of these needs models are so ingrained in what we're learning, Mm -hmm. or what some people, in my experience, what I learned, why do we need
0: something new? Right. And it's important to say that there are lots of other needs models out there. And uh, as I said, like um, Maslow is the industry standard that a lot of people teach and a lot of people refer to. So it, as Serena said she learned it in school and in university. It's taught in management um, uh, trainings. It's taught in medical trainings. Um, it really is kind of the, the baseline that most people go to. There are other people who teach about needs models and methodologies. So you've got people like Tony Robbins who teach six human needs. You've got John Schindler who wrote a book called How to to live 365 days a year where he has six needs that he teaches there's all of these different things so yeah why do we need something more because there's plenty there already right well there are a few reasons the first is that the needs models that are out there every single one of them is missing at least one of our critical needs there are things they're incomplete they don't really represent all of the things that we as human beings need on a regular basis and there's a reason for this like it makes sense if you think about it all of the models that are out there have been put into society in the form that they are known by predominantly straight white men and if you think about how straight white men have been um, socialized and conditioned and what they've been conditioned to value or devalue or to focus on or not focus on it makes sense why there are some things that are Obviously, very important in those models, and some things that are less so. Let's look at an obvious example. So, if you look at emotion, so how um, men are socialized around emotion to avoid emotion, to repress emotion, to not express emotion, to um, to hide emotion, to act like they don't have emotion. What ends up happening is that obviously there are very few of the needs models out there that actually really effectively address. Our emotional needs within the models that are shown, and the thing is, is that, and the interesting thing is, we all know as a society, and if this is a commonly held understanding, that the lack of focus and understanding and relationship that a lot of men have to their to their emotional needs and their emotions is the cause of a lot of mental health issues in men. Like it's why one of the reasons the suicide rates are so high because they're not actually processing their emotions they're not taught how to deal with their emotions in a way that's healthy for them so it makes sense that because of where a lot of these needs models have 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 been developed in the form that we know them as they've come through these filters and certain things have been filtered in and certain things have been filtered out and so it's important to recognize that there are some really critical needs that are missing from the needs models that we already have second thing is that um, one of the things that is missing is a focus on the how and what I mean by the how is it's in my experience it's not just about what the need is that is important it is the way that we choose to meet the need which is as important and sometimes even more important than understanding what the need is now I'll go into this in a little bit uh, more detail further um, further on in the in the podcast in this episode but I just it's really important to understand that the ways of meeting the needs, will determine how well our need is met or unmet. And without having a, a layer of that in the models and methodologies that are out there, it's really missing something critical. Yeah,
1: the third reason is the fo- there's a lack of focus on the kind of do it yourself aspect mm-hmm. and doing it for yourself, meeting your needs for yourself. And a lot of that relates right back up to that how. If you don't know how, you don't know the ways to do it and the ways to do it that are going to fulfill you, how are you supposed like, how can you do it without the how? How can you do it yourself if you don't know the how that you need to do? Exactly. (laughs) And then the fourth thing is that most of these models don't focus on the consistency, the needing to do it over and over again to really ingrain it within
0: yourself. And understanding that your needs are... then it's not like a one and done thing. Your needs are continually changing because our situations are changing, our state is changing, the, the circumstances we're dealing with is changing. And so we need to be consistently staying to, on top of what needs are present in those different variations. Now, in
1: our... Um in the Universal Needs Program we teach there are seven keys so I'm going
0: to throw it over to Claire to go through what those seven keys actually are yeah so seven keys to ensuring that all of your needs get and stay consistently met so let's look at number one so number one is what? You need to know what your needs are and obviously we talked about the fact that the other needs models are missing some of these some of these vital needs and the thing is unless you understand what your needs actually are it's really difficult to do something to ensure you're meeting all of them you can be doing things for yourself but you might be missing one of the needs because you're not aware of the fact that it's there Um, it's a little bit like if you're making a recipe if you're trying to make a cake um, and you have a bunch of ingredients on the bench in front of you but you don't know you're trying to make a cake. If you are, you can look at the ingredients, you can go, well, I can make bread out of this, I can make a cake out of this, I can make cookies out of this, I can make pasta out of this. The only way to actually, or the best way for you to ensure you're gonna end up with a cake at the end is to know you are trying to make a cake as you are doing it. So you can put the ingredients together in a way that is going to create that cake. Same thing is true with the needs. You wanna make sure that you understand what the need is to ensure that the things you're doing are going to actually meet those individual needs. So the second key to getting your needs consistently met is is possibility, and that is that it is possible for you to meet the majority of your needs for yourself. Now we're not taught this. As said, we don't. As Serena said the DIY is missing in a lot of the needs models that are currently out there. But the thing is that because. When we are born on this planet, we have no ability to meet any of our own needs. We are this tiny little baby. We can't do anything for ourselves. We can't feed ourselves, clothe ourselves, comfort ourselves. We can't even expel air from our own bodies without someone coming along and patting us on the back and helping us. So we learn to be dependent on the world around us to get our needs met. And for a lot of us, most of us, we had some form of caregiver around us that taught us, that knew they had to make sure we could physically survive in the world. So we learned from seeing what they were doing. They taught us how to dress ourselves, how to um, cook for ourselves, how to go out and earn a living. And what we've done is, we've applied that to our physical needs. So we know, I know that it's my job to feed myself. I know it's my job to dress myself, as much fun as it could be for somebody else to do it on occasion. <laughs> um, but I don't, but but I, I know that that's my job and I have to do it for myself. But when it comes to our emotional needs, because most of our caregivers, they didn't get taught this in the same way as we didn't get taught this. They didn't know about our emotional needs. They didn't know how to teach us that it's our responsibility, that it's possible even for us to do, uh, to meet our own needs for ourselves at an emotional level, and therefore we have never learned how to do that. So most of us are walking around physically like adults, but emotionally we're still acting a lot like toddlers because we're still looking to the world around us to meet our needs, whether that's our job, whether it's our partner, our family, our friends, we're looking to get our emotional needs met through other people. Now it's important to say, We are social creatures, so it's not, yes, it's possible for us to meet most of our needs for ourselves, but we still have this need to connect, to relate, to be in community, to connect with other people. And so we have these sort of social needs, which are needs that we can't meet for ourselves because it requires another person. But the thing is, if we don't get our base level needs, our needs as an individual met first, before we go into these relationship or social situations, what ends up happening is that we don't get our social needs met, In that environment because we're so busy trying to get our other needs met through that person and it's a really ineffective way of doing it because the way that i would get my needs met the way that serena would get her needs met are going to be completely different if i go to serena to get one of my needs met she's going to try and meet it in the way that works for her but it's probably not the way that's gonna work for me. She doesn't know when I need it. She doesn't know how much of it I need. So it's a really ineffective way to get that kind of base level need met for myself. But that's actually gonna be what's the most important because it's a base level need. Like it's it's critical. Like that's gonna be the driving force until that gets taken care of. It's only once that's taken care of and those needs are met that we actually get to enjoy the relationship needs, the, 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 um, the social needs, and we get to connect and get those needs met. So if our base level needs aren't met, we actually end up not getting either of our needs met particularly well. Third thing, third key to getting all of our needs consistently met is how. So we talked about this a little bit um, earlier the way of getting your need met is just as important if sometimes more important than understanding what your needs are so when we teach about needs we teach that there is a spectrum and that the way you meet your needs sits on the spectrum the need sits in the middle and the way sits from one end of the spectrum to the other, somewhere along that line. At one end of the spectrum is the red spectrum. So this is the way that we're kind of socially taught to meet our needs. And these are the ways of meeting our needs which aren't very helpful. They're the kind of less fulfilling, less healthy, sometimes more toxic, sometimes more draining ways of meeting needs. I describe it like the TV dinner way of meeting needs. And what I mean by that is that it might stop you from being hungry, but it's not providing you the nourishment that you require. So you might stop being hungry for maybe 20 minutes or half an hour, but soon after you're gonna want, you, the indicator from the brain is gonna go, I need nourishment because I never got any in the first place. <laughs> so it, that, that kind of need to, to keep trying to do those same things over and over again, because we're not actually getting the nourishment that, that we require. At that end of the spectrum, you can be doing loads of stuff to meet your Need, but receive really little benefit in terms of the need actually feeling fulfilled. The green end of the spectrum is the other end of the spectrum. So this is the way that's a little different to us because we've not been taught to do things that way. These are the more the more healthy, the more nourishing, the more fulfilling ways of getting our needs met. So I describe this as like the whole food, home cooked, nutritionally balanced, really yummy way of meeting our needs, where not only does it stop you from being hungry, it actually provides the nourishment. So not only do you get, get filled up, but you actually stay full for longer. And at that end of the, that end of the spectrum, that, those ways of meeting needs, you can be doing very, very little to meet the need, but getting a huge amount of benefit in terms of the need being met. So that's one of the ways that the how shows up. The other thing that's important with the how is understanding that the ways of meeting needs are different for different people. So the things that work for me and the things that work for Serena and the things that would work for you are all going to be different. So it's about finding the ways that work for you specifically. And the ways that are the, I I always talk about the 80-20 rule, like what is the thing that's going to take 20% of your effort and energy, but it's going to give you 80% of fulfillment. So those are the things that we're looking for when we're talking about the how. So number four, Four is responsibility. And we kind of touched on this a little bit already, but it's the fact that it is your responsibility to meet your base level needs for yourself. So there is a quote in the Spider-Man movie, which I always come up with at this time, saying, with great power comes great responsibility. It's almost (laughs) like we've done that before. Um, (laughs) And the thing that Spider-Man doesn't teach us is that the opposite is also true. So what happens is, is that when we give responsibility to somebody else to meet our needs, what ends up happening is we also give with that the power for them to determine our inner well-being our inner our emotional state um and and sometimes our physical state as well and what so what ends up happening is that by giving that responsibility we give away the power but the reverse is true when we take back responsibility for meeting those needs for ourselves we take back the power to create that internal state now What I'm saying when I say this, I'm not saying that everything's all sunshine and rainbows and there's never any problems, never any challenges, not in the slightest. What I'm saying is that by taking back that that ability to provide that internal fulfillment, you provide yourself the resources, you become more resourced to be able to deal with the ups and downs of life more easily as they come up. Number five, is the big i interconnectedness so we will be talking about this a lot on this podcast going forward this has been a big one i know for serena on her journey yes, has. so when we talk about interconnectedness what we mean is we um, is that we are all intrinsically interconnected as human beings and what that means is how we show up and the things that we do will have an effect on other people and vice versa so if we meet our needs in ways that work for us but have a side benefit of negatively impacting somebody else, it's actually gonna negatively impact our needs as well even if we're not aware of it and conversely if we find ways of meeting our needs that um at the minimum don't negatively impact somebody else but maybe actually benefit other people at that point not only does um does our need get met but it will actually benefit us more because it's benefiting the people around us and we're going to talk a lot more about this on our next episode where we're going to be starting to talk about being selfless and being selfish and that there's another option available to us um which we'll share about on that episode Um, um, where we can understand that 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 interconnectedness just that little bit better and, and get a, a deeper understanding. And we're going to go deeper with these things. We're going to do, I'm, I'm just doing a quick overview today because we're going to go into these deeper in, in upcoming episodes. So number six is equity. And what that means is is that we do not live in an equitable culture and an equitable society, which means that we're not all on an even playing field when it comes to meeting our needs. It means that those of us who have more systemic privilege, um, maybe because of the color of our skin, because we're white, because we're straight, because of our gender, because of our sexuality, because we're neurotypical rather than neurodiverse, there's a whole bunch of, 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 of things like unearned benefits that we get from belonging to those groups. Now what it means is, it doesn't mean our life is easy. It just means it is easier for us to get our needs met than it is for people who don't belong to those groups. What it means is that people who are more marginalized uh, who don't belong to those groups are, it's it's harder for them to get their needs, but there are more barriers for them to overcome to get their needs met. And what we need to do is we need to be aware because of the interconnectedness, because how uh, how um, because the extent to which other people's needs are being met will actually impact us and vice versa. We need to be aware of where we sit in that interconnectedness and and equity, and make sure that we're doing what we can to to try and redress that balance a little bit more wherever we can. And then the final one is consistency. So consistency is where we're we're wanting to talk here about um, not just doing something one and done. Like, as we said earlier, our needs aren't one and done. They're not there, met, okay, I'm done for the day or I'm done for the week or I'm done for the month. Um, your needs are continually changing because once you've met that need, that's going to bubble down and another need is going to come up to the surface. There's another need that needs to be met and that's going to bubble down another one comes up. So one of the quotes I always share is that everything you do, every second of every day is done to meet your needs. I'm going to say that again. Everything you do, every second of every day is done to meet your needs and that's because your needs are always up your needs are always in play and so what that means is that we need to create consistency so that not only do our needs get met but they stay met Um, so if you think about like if you're um wanting to build a muscle if you're wanting to strengthen a muscle you don't just weight lift once and be like that's it i'm done we're good I know that's your preferred way of training. It, it, that is right? totally my preferred exercise. <laughs> like, why don't I look like a supermodel? I went to the gym for 15 minutes. Right, exactly. <laughs> so we don't lift a weight once and expect to build the strength. And it's the same thing. We don't meet our needs one, once and expect them to stay met. Um, and it's like, w- yes, we might build a muscle once, but if we then don't use that muscle, it's gonna atrophy and it'll it'll uh, it'll disappear again. We need to consistently be using it in order for that strength to not just be built, but actually to stay present. And the same is true when it comes to meeting our needs. so we need to create that consistency and i know that for you personally serena like when we were going through this that the the interconnectedness and the equity and the consistency were the ones that were like whoa this is completely new and i know that when we started you didn't get it like it was one of those things where you're like this doesn't make any sense to me but i also know as we went through the process that you had this real kind of lived experience of like, oh my goodness, this, do you want to speak to that a little bit? That 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 realization of like, oh no, this is really tr- this is really true.
1: Well, after doing, after thinking I knew what needs were, thinking that I was adequately and actually just in general meeting my needs, mm-hmm. the interconnected piece kind of came in, and I was like, well, why does it matter? Like this doesn't affect anybody else. This is this is about me, right? You said mm-hmm. this was about me. And there were little things that would come up and I would tweak how I was doing things to take interconnectedness into mind. And then the feeling that I got when I wasn't considering my interconnectedness, I was like, okay. Then the feeling I got when I realized, A, I was doing things that were harmful for myself. I was uprooting my own needs in meeting my needs because I wasn't considering the interconnectedness. And then the way it felt when I was like, oh, I just found like this works for me and them. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like that was just it was so much more. And then also with the consistency of it, doing it over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and really making it not just something that is a check off my to-do list for the day, but embodying it, Mm -hmm. it, it became the consistency became so easy. Right, that it was just like all of a sudden I was doing it. I was automatically thinking of the interconnectedness. My thought process completely changed because I'm like, what do I need? Okay, how is this going to affect everybody else? Where before I was like, what do I need? I need to give myself what I need. And now it's like, what do I need for myself? And I am part of a community. Mm -hmm. I am part of something bigger. So I need to consider that something bigger. And now my thought process has that in the initial consideration. It's not the after effect. It's not the following up it's yeah
0: in the moment well and the interesting thing with the consistency is we we've all been there we've all found something where it's like yeah this would be really helpful for me to be doing Uh, or like we've read a book or we've got an app or we've attended an event or someone's told us something like yeah yeah that's gonna make a real difference and it's like we get super excited about it for like two weeks or two days or two hours, like, I mean, literally, I mean, there have been things where I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. And like three hours later, I've forgotten it was even a thing. And that's why the consistency is so important because if something is gonna make as much of a difference to your life as we both have experienced with the needs work, you wanna make sure that that that's not just being present initially, but it gets to stay present because that's when it really makes a difference. We had talked about
1: earlier um, why you know why do we need something new right. but why move over maslow
0: <laughs> yeah okay so um as serena's kind of alluded to there are some there are some challenges with maslow's work i mean the first thing is as we said there are needs missing there the second thing is is that actually you know what the, the maslow's hierarchy of needs d- is not effective at ensuring that people's uh, people get their needs met and keep their needs met in really fulfilling ways from a mul- From a multitude of different perspectives, I could do an enti- we could do an entire podcast episode just on that, but for the sake of right now we're just going to say it's not effective. but the third thing, and this is what's really important here is that is that when it comes to um, looking at bodies of work that are out there, it's really important that we understand where they've come from and i didn't know this when I first started i'd never heard this i'd heard about Mazzo for decades and i'd never heard this I'd l- researched needs. For a long time and i'd never heard this but it turns out that maslow was not the originator of the hierarchy of needs that what he did was he went and spent time with um, the blackfeet nation people and he looked and observed how they did needs and how they related to their needs but then what he did was he took that in effect he stole that and then what he did was he put it through his filters and by putting it through his filters, he warped it, he distorted it, he removed the things of real value from it that actually made it work. Um, and so there's a there's a and there's lots of information out there about this, and I'm, I'm I'm not an expert on this piece, but it is really important for us to kind of presence this and to let people know that this is a thing because there's multiple reasons why actually Maslow is not the the model that we should be holding as our industry standard in any industry going forward um, there's a there's an article that was written um called uh, maslow's hierarchy connected to blackfoot beliefs which is by karen lincoln it's either michael or michelle i don't know how the the surname is pronounced which was written on april 19 2014. And in it she quotes the saying, um, Mazzo borrowed generously from the Blackfoot people to refine his motivational theory on the hierarchy of needs. What actually happened is that he said he went and spent time with them and he took what they he took what they had, um, what they were doing, and he changed it and broke it apart and used it for his own benefit and then put it forward as his own work without giving any credit to the influences of their um, of their teachings and also misrepresenting it because one of the things that was really important um, to the Blackfeet Nation from the research that I have done is this linking connection between the individual the community and the culture um, and understanding that that what maso did was he stripped it all out and made it just about the individual and by making it just about the individual not only was it ineffective but it actually um stopped it created harm because it was no longer staying connected to here's how the individual then feeds into the community here's how the individual and the community uh, feeds back into the cultural perpetuity to make sure that the um that the the that their ways got to carry on for generations to come, got to, um, got to last. And that had that longevity of being passed on from generation to generation. And in doing so, it was not only stealing the work, it was not only miscrediting the work uh, or not crediting the work, it was misrepresenting the work and actually changing it so far that it was no longer what it uh, it was no longer effective, and it was actually harmful in how it was applied. So there's a there's a quote from there's a book called Transformation Without Greed: Native Self Actualization, which is by Sydney Stone um, Brown, which um, uh, PYSD. Um, And in it, the quote came from the tribal members of the Blackfoot Nation in Strathmore, Alberta. And they said to her, Maslow got it wrong. He didn't share it the way we wanted. He didn't give the elders credit for his teachings and they want the record set straight. So this is coming from that people who want to make sure that no longer is this being being used and represented or misused and misrepresented and that the credit needs to go back but also that it needs to be honoured in its entirety, not taken out of context and not um, diluted and distorted in such a way that it was no longer relevant and it was no longer applicable and effective and actually did harm.
1: One of the things i found most powerful on my journey with the universal needs is that we start with the base needs and we start by meeting them consistently but it's what comes next that really makes the difference
0: right and i think that's the thing is that um, yes we want to go yes we want to talk about consistency yes we want to make sure that we're 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 talking about all the things in the seven keys We're, we're making sure that we are also aware of that community aspect and of the cultural aspect but the thing that really, um, that I'm, I notice more and more often when it comes to, um, to the needs work and the difference when people, when people think they get it and then they actually get it. like This is, this is the, the, the kind of jump that normally happens. What helps make that jump, that leap between the two, is where we start off at a base level, meeting our own needs consistently at a base level. And then... Once our needs are being consistently met at a base level, what we then do is we understand, we apply our understanding of needs to what is happening every day in our day-to-day lives. How do the needs apply to our business? How do the needs apply to our relationship? How do the needs apply to our families? How do the needs apply apply um, to parenting? How do our needs apply to our self-worth or confidence? Like, let's look at all these different areas and When we have issues in those areas, when we have conflict, when we have disagreement, when we have challenge, actually being able to look at that challenge or that conflict or those issues through the context of needs, through the lens of needs, and going, okay, this is why this is an issue. Here are the things, here are the needs that are up right now for me. How do I meet those needs? How do I use my understanding of needs now to navigate through this situation? And also, What needs if the other person is up? What needs are being triggered from the other person whose needs aren't being met, which helps us to have more understanding, more compassion. It helps us to be able to deal with them and engage with them in a way which is going to be supportive to them, not further impact them. And I know this has been something that's been very big for you, right? You've you've had, that was the beautiful thing with me, watching you go through the deep dive was, yeah, learning about the needs was great. Yes, learning about the how, learning about the red, green spectrum, actually doing the needs practice, that was a really good starting point. But the, the the point where I saw you come alive and it come alive for you was when you would come to me and you've got, hey, this thing's going on. And I'm like, okay, which needs are not being met in that situation? What do you need to do to meet those needs? What needs of the other person's being met? How do we? And that was the point where it was like, oh wow like this is so much more than just a practice to feel good or for
1: self-care absolutely I mean when we went through my deep dive it was when I had been furloughed and then I had been laid off and so I did have time to really go deep with it and Mm. then I got um, hired back at my job and I came back and the way I was handling myself was differently and people were noticing Mm. people were like normally would have gone off a little bit there and I'm like well no that's I know why they're, or I can understand where they're at, what need of theirs isn't being met. So I can adjust myself. I can meet my need. And then I can acknowledge, I can witness the fact they're in the place they're at and come from a human perspective and a compassionate, compassionate perspective, not necessarily a placating or a, you know, a sympathy like, oh, I'm. I feel sorry for you. You're in right. that space. It's like, oh, I've been there. Like, how would I feel where they're coming mm-hmm. from? I see this need. Like, oh yeah, like I've felt that. Mm-hmm. So I can support myself within supporting somebody else, mm-hmm. not doing it for them, but being like, okay, I don't need to make their life any worse. And mm-hmm. that's not gonna help
0: me at all. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I also from that human to human perspective side. Like I feel for this person, mm-hmm. not I pity that person, but I feel for them because I, I I can relate. I understand. I've been there. I, I know how it feels when that needs not being met. Mm-hmm. Um, and that changes how you engage with somebody and it changes. It shifts often from that space of reaction. And the reaction is a reaction to our need not being met. So when we're reacting, like it's, it doesn't mean that you don't get angry about something or you don't get frustrated because those are legitimate responses. Those are of our needs Mm -hmm. um but rather than um, instead of taking that situation getting angry and firing that anger at somebody else which then triggers more of their needs which then they fire back and then triggers more of your needs etc 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 your cup goes right exactly (laughs) um instead going away and processing that anger in a way that honors what you need but doesn't negatively impact the other person and doesn't amplify the situation that's when you can able to go okay yes it's okay that i feel angry like this is a legit it's valid for me to feel angry in this situation how do i need to go and process my anger i'll go do that in the way that meets my needs but doesn't then negatively impact somebody else and it shifts like issues with other people become very very um i don't want to say easy to navigate but it's there is a way through. There is a there's a path through when you can see it through that that kind of needs lens and, and needs perspective, and and I, I mean I just said easy like the thing that we often say about this is that it is
1: simple, not necessarily easy, and the reason why we say that is because it can be uncomfortable it can be uncomfortable to face the things that you have been conditioned to mm-hmm. and that you've learned over years and years and decades
0: and decades and that and unlearning that and um, just just unlearning that like even facing yes. like facing that's one thing but just the process of unlearning that it's not necessarily easy but the methodology is simple and sometimes it is easy like actually meeting your needs is really easy Like that's that's the super easy bit 15 minutes this morning
1: my needs practice done Done. and i've been consistently re-meeting my needs and figuring out what was up but that was simple right and it felt good and it was easy yeah because of the consistency of the practice and the embodiment Mm -hmm. and that's the
0: thing is it is simple When when you when when someone lays it out for you, and that's the thing I get with I've had it with Serena, I've had it with so many clients, like, oh God, is it really that simple? Yes, it's the unlearning normally that that's Mm -hmm. a bit that takes a bit of time and energy because we've been doing things a long time. It's okay that that's not necessarily quick and it's not necessarily easy, but actually with simplicity and with consistency, it's not that difficult either. Um, And that's the, that's the kind of key. Um, And it was, I remember that, that, that moment where you said, where the, the whole quote about when you, when you realized, you looked back to that moment where you said about, oh, I could teach this. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and you said that quote, what was it?
1: I, I, I don't get it, but I want to, and I want to get all of it. It was, I wanted to turn on the fire hose and be like, I feel like I have been in the dark for so long. Like I was drinking out of a little water fountain. Like, yeah. But now it, I wanted to lean in. I wanted to really get to know it because the little bits that I was doing felt really good. And I'm like, this is gonna feel even better. Right. And the deeper I get with it, and the more I, the deeper I go with myself, it's a mm. continual journey, yeah. the better it feels. And the more it feels it's coming from within me.
0: And the more I've seen you, you sharing about how it's rippling out to everyone
1: around you yes it does definitely have a ripple effect in my life because like when i first met claire needs 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 i find myself saying well that's that need and oh this is this need you know if you do this that might help that and then i see people not having even gone through the program but just doing things that are meeting their needs and identifying i did this and i met my needs today i did this to meet my needs and even in our women's group on Mm -hmm. facebook it's like today i did this and this is what look make this is what meeting my needs looked like today right and then they start talking about it and then somebody else kind of sideways it's like oh yeah needs oh i talked to so and so who had talked to you and it's like Mm -hmm wait a minute it was like glitter yeah. all of a sudden these little shimmers were popping up in my world where I'm like oh oh look at you taking care of your needs and like yeah. and in myself it was a little bit of glitter and now I feel like it's a just this big sparkly orb <laughs> like I'm just
0: constantly sparkling right and when when Serena shares about glitter like we're both um, as you you'll get to know us through this podcast we're both dancers uh, I'm a salsa dancer and I used to um it started in my early 20s. And when I used to go out dancing for the night or for a weekend or whatever I was doing, I would spray myself with a spray glitter before I went out. Like, it's fun, it's glitter, it's like, this is like, I just loved it. And I remember I had a friend of mine who shared with me, um, the, she knew everyone I danced with that night because every single one of them was like covered head to toe, like the front of them with glitter. It's was like, they'd been clad. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, I, she's like, I can spot, I know exactly who you've danced with. And that's the thing is that when you're living it and you're sharing it, as soon as you come into contact with somebody, they get a little bit of it. And then they, and because they've got a little bit, the person that they dance with gets a little bit of it. And you watch it kind of ripple out and it's it's really beautiful. Um, But I actually think that the best example of the power of this work and how profound it can be is really our relationship. Um, Because I know that we we, have a, we had an amazing friendship when we first started um, this business journey together. And I remember thinking, God, is this really a good idea? Like I didn't, I literally didn't know a single other person who had gone into business with somebody they had been friends with where it hadn't negatively impacted either the business or the friendship, normally both. Normally I the, the experience I'd seen from a lot of people was that pfft, like they both blew apart uh, in a really awful way, and I was like, I don't, I didn't want this. And my, my intention, my hope when we first started this was that it didn't, it didn't change our friendship. That was what I was hoping for. I didn't realize it was going to change our friendship for the better. Like I didn't even know that was possible. Um, and I, I, I know that there are lots of people who, I mean, I've, 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 I've coached several different people who are in business with friends who, if you look at what's being portrayed on the outside, on their Instagram feed or on their LinkedIn feed, it's like, yeah, everything's amazing. I work with my best friend, this is so great. I have been the one behind the scenes helping them deal with the reality because the reality is not what's being portrayed. And I think that's the thing that I love about working with us and because we understand our needs and because we understand the needs of the friendship and because we understand the needs of the the business and we're both putting energy and effort into that, what you see is what you get like if you see us on the street in key west we may be a little bit more extra than we are right now um there may be a tutu there could be some glitter like depending on what day of the week it is definitely glitter (laughs) (laughs) um but you'll it's exactly the same and if you were to sit with us when we were when we're having a business meeting it's exactly the same and i think the reason for that is because we understand our own needs and because we understand how to apply the tool of needs when there are issues and when there are challenges I think a lot of the time, the reason this is an issue in, in businesses and friendships is because either there's an issue in the friendship, which then impacts the business, or there's an issue in the business, which impacts the friendship. And normally one impacts the other, and then that impacts back. And it kind of like, it's like a chain reaction that ends up in a big explosion. But the thing I love is that because we understand how to use this as a tool to deal with those issues when it comes up, it means that as soon as there is any, any slight issue, in our friendship we address it straight away not always comfortable not always easy not always pleasant but we address it straight away same thing with the business if there's an issue in the business we address it straight away which means that there is no crossover impact and more importantly actually when there is an issue that's happened in the friendship how we've dealt with it through understanding the needs has actually brought us closer together and how the same thing within our business. Like when there's been a business issue, how we've dealt with that has been the thing that has brought us closer together. And I think that's the the reason, and it's that's the thing that I see as being the differentiating factor that has made this work so well and continue to work better than I certainly ever expected. I don't know what you thought. I, When you asked me, I was shocked. Because (laughs) I'm like, okay,
1: and... Having, knowing that what our needs are and knowing what our needs are separately for the business, for our friendship, because those are all separate entities, and knowing I feel like a lot of people just, if something's uncomfortable, they're going to be like, oh, it's not that big of an issue. And so you have this little thing. And what that uncomfortability is, is a need not being met. Yes. Either within yourselves, within the relationship you're talking about. And then you have. Another incident since like, oh, well, that's uncomfortable. I'm already annoyed at this, and I don't want to make this into a bigger thing. And then they start compounding, and they start mm-hmm. building up. And all of a sudden, something that was a little issue that would have been a little uncomfortable to deal with turns into this blowout about something, yeah. a lot of times, that wasn't even the issue to begin right. with. It's just the little
0: annoyance that kind of... That, that, that triggers that chain reaction of all of those unmet needs under the surface that have been building and compounding over time. Yes. Yeah, so we hit
1: it. It comes in. If there's anything right in that moment, it's like, all right, I really... And we, we acknowledge, I really don't want to do this. This is not going to be easy. And...
0: And it's we need to clear this and it's gone it's gone and not only is it new is it neutralized but as i said normally how we deal with that i mean not always we're um there are there are times when it's like oh okay that's just a non-issue mm-hmm. but when it's a big thing quite often how we deal with it we go oh god i feel like i'm so grateful for you i really mm-hmm. appreciate like it brings us closer together it does both as business partners and as friends and that's the thing that i, I i'm 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 I was so su- I was surprised by like I didn't expect that to be the case, and I developed this and teach this like I was like oh that's kind of cool seeing how that works, and so that's what we wanted that's another one of the things that we've seen that's made a difference for us and we really want to share that with 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 you and to help you to understand how to, to navigate the challenges in your life and your relationships. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to start doing this podcast because we hope that by sharing some of our stories and the how we do things that you might start to understand, get some little nuggets of the things that might be able to help you. So um, I think that's probably it for today, isn't it? Let's um my, I'm, is there anything you want to share before we finish up? No, I just hope to see those little sparkles all over the place now. <laughs> So, thank you so much for, for, for listening. Like, stick with us. We're going to be going into more of the things that we've talked about today. The coming episodes, we've got a series of, of podcasts coming that are going to go deeper into them and will help you understand what we're talking about a little bit better. Um, I hope you've enjoyed today's introduction. If you've got any questions, if there's anything like, oh, could you do something on this? Get in touch with us via our, our social media or the universalneeds.com website. Um, let us know what you want to hear about, and we'll have one of these conversations conversations to help with the thing that is mattering to you and the things that's going to make a difference and the thing that's going to help you to meet your needs best so i think that's it for today thank you so much for watching thank you for listening stay safe uh, lots of love and in the, between now and when we speak again continue to meet your own needs lots of love bye that's it for today if you like what you heard please subscribe rate and give us a written review as it will help more people find us And remember, when the old needs models no longer work, it's time to try something new. Well shit, it really is that simple.